0: The Direction Daily S&P 500 Bull and Bear 3X Shares ETFs trade under the ticker SPXL for the 3X Bull and XPSS for the 3X Bear. These leveraged ETFs seek a return that is 300% of the performance of the S&P 500 index for a single day. The S&P 500 index holdings include names such as Microsoft, Apple, Amazon, and Facebook, with index sector weightings including Information Technology, Healthcare, Financials, and Consumer Discretionary. These are highly leveraged ETFs with daily resetting designed for short-term trading, not long-term investing. To magnify your short-term perspective, whether you're a bull or a bear on S&P 500, you choose The Direction. For up-to-date pricing and performance, go to Direction.com. Index holdings are subject to change. Investing in the funds involves significant risk and should only be utilized by investors who understand the impact of leverage and actively monitor their portfolio. They are not designed to track the underlying index for more than a day before investing. Carefully consider a fund's investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses contained in the prospectus available at Direction.com. Read carefully. Distributor foresight fund services. Are you
1: ready to build, grow, and protect your investments? Welcome to the Index Investing Show, where we give you the tips, tools, and philosophy for reaching your financial goals. And now, your host, inventor of the Portfolio Report Card, and author, Ron DeLegge.
2: Coming up on today's program, the stock market is fearful, and we're seeing a wave of selling We're going to talk about the reasons why and also some ETFs, again, to shore up your portfolio while there's still time. 800-516-1220 is the number. We're here if you'd like to join us. Give us your first name along with your city and any uh, ticker symbols, stocks, mutual funds, ETFs, along with cryptos. We can talk about it. If you'd like to uh, tweet the program, you can do that. At Index Show is our Twitter handle. And uh, again, uh, give us those ticker symbols along with your first name in your city and uh, we will get to you. So taking a look at market action from uh, this past week, not good, uh, for especially for those growth, aggressive growth type of funds and stocks. Uh, we saw a sharp sell-off this past week, um, but if we look at it on a bigger a longer term basis, let's just say since the start of 2021, we've got the total U.S. stock market still ahead by over 20%. Lest I remind you, uh, it was up as much as 38% in mid-October. So we've lost about 18% of that uh, gain that we formerly had. But nevertheless, we're still up 20% for the total U.S. stock market. That ETF, by the way, tracking it, is SCHB, but we've got some issues in the stock market, namely with those high growth stocks, and uh, we're going to talk a little bit more extensively about some of those ARK ETFs and ARK funds, which are getting clobbered. Anybody own ARK funds or ARK ETFs uh, out there? Because if you do, it has not been a good 2021, and we're going to talk a little bit more about what's going on there. Uh, In terms of other asset classes, we've got the total U.S. bond market down about 1.1%. Ticker symbol BND attracts the entire U.S. uh, bond market, including not just government bonds, but also high-grade corporate debt. We've got uh, commodities still holding up, USCI, uh, with a nudge over 24%. That's the gain year-to-date. And uh, USCI, by the way, is the ticker that includes a basket of uh, anywhere from 14 to 17 different commodity futures contracts. Those energy commodities uh, took a little bit of a hit this past week. But nevertheless, uh, they are having a good 2021. They will end the year with a strong double-digit return. Uh, same thing for global real estate, REET, another top performer, ahead by just over 23.5%, REET. And then two final areas, international and emerging market stocks, which have both been laggards compared to the U.S. stock market. VEA ahead by seven, almost seven and a half percent. And then VWO, which tracks emerging market countries from Brazil to Russia to China, pretty much flat on the year. And um, so that's your big picture view. Now, in terms of fear and greed index, uh, we see a lot of fear. Right now, we're in extreme fear. We're at 20. Extreme fear is zero. Extreme greed is 100. This is according to the CNN Fear and Greed Index. So we're we're close to zero. Um, and right now, zero would represent extreme fear. I mean, it would be, you know, basically uh, what you might say, bear market fear. We're close to that right now. And um, last, let's see, last uh, week we were in fearful territory. We're at 33. So we've moved down a notch. We're at 22 or I'm sorry, 20. And, um, just a month ago, we were in greedy territory. I mean, how quickly things can change on the dime. We, one month ago, we're at 82. So we've gone from extreme fear. We've swung, I'm sorry, extreme greed. We've swung to extreme fear. So we've gone from 82 to 20. And again, uh, it just shows you how things can change so quickly on the dime. And uh, w- again, we're going to highlight on today's program uh, a couple of uh, ETFs that uh, that uh, have done well and, and have are designed really for these types of markets. Um, and a couple of things that are I'm watching for that are on my radar. First of all, we've seen this pronounced correction in these aggressive high growth types of stocks and and funds, Uh, things like, uh, as I just mentioned, the ARK ETFs, which uh, continue to get clobbered. And there's a a number of ARK funds, uh, the ones that you can um, follow uh, or are already following and may even own, ARK Innovation ETF, that's sort of their flagship fund. That ETF is down uh, since the start of the year, uh, almost 25% which is tremendous when you think about, and, and tremendous, not good, when you think about the broader U.S. stock market being up 20%. So if you do the, the comparison, the relative performance difference between the broad U.S. stock market and the ARC Innovation Fund, I mean, you're talking a difference of almost 50%, which is, which is just, just gigundous. Same thing for the ARC uh, Genomics ETF, G, down almost 40%. And uh, some of those individual companies uh, in the portfolio have got absolutely spanked. A DocuSign was down um, forty over forty percent this past week. So we are seeing some seriously big drawdowns. And uh, again, there's there's a confluence of factors happening here. First of all, we've got this unknown, uh, to be determined, uh, virus called Om- Omicron. Is it Omicron or Amicrom? I don't know how they come up with these names. Anyway, it's a lot harder to say than COVID-19, but it's a lot nastier from what I've heard. So that's one concern. What, what impact will that have? And not just the travel industry, but business. Uh, will we go back to, uh, you know, lockdowns and a more crazy uh, condition um, than, than before? where we've got, uh, you know, an outbreak. So that's a concern. Also, we've got the Federal Reserve threatening to increase interest rates, which between you and me, if they do it, it'll be modest, but it's not going to be as bad as I I think the market's overreacting to this particular factor. But nevertheless, it's a concern. And then the other factor, the confluence of factors is tax loss selling year end and that's right What we're at. We're seeing this where um, people are just uh, almost at the puke level. They're just getting rid of things that uh, they may not want to own in the portfolio and uh, maybe doing some tax loss selling and exchanging of assets. We talked a little bit about that on last week's program. If we have some time, I'll mention it again. Uh, but these, these are the, what I see as a confluence of factors that are driving the market in the direction it's it's been heading in, which has been down. So um, we see also, you know, this is kind of interesting. This is happening in typically historically bullish time frame for the stock market. You know, from November through January, historically, that's been a very bullish time for stocks. Stocks have been up big and a lot during this period. And this is another reason why if you're going to trade, you don't trade based on the calendar, or you don't trade based on history. You trade based on price action. Price action tells you everything you need to know. Now, I'm not saying you should throw out history, but if you're going to just blindly trade based on calendar patterns or what happened in the past, you are going to get run over by a steamroller. And so, uh, I think, again, this is a very important lesson for you traders that trade based on seasons or calendars this is a very stark warning to you that if you're going to blindly trade based on seasons you are asking for a boatload of trouble and um hopefully you're not doing that you got to refer to what's going on in price action price action says everything 800-516-1220 is the number you're listening to the index investing show more when we return stick with us
1: You're listening to the Index Investing Show with Ron DeLegge. Subscribe to our podcast at iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Be sure to leave a review.
2: So, you know, I I can give you, you know, market numbers and performance all day long. And I, I do that not to kill time, but to give you insight into price action in the major asset classes from stocks to bonds, to commodities, real estate, even cryptos. Interesting to see Bitcoin selling off also. I thought that was supposed to be a inverse performing or hedged type of asset relative to stocks. It seems like the selling action has spilled over into cryptos because I'm not seeing a lot of upside right now in the short run in cryptos. So maybe this is the mini de- deleveraging that's occurring but it's interesting to me that we're seeing all major asset classes kind of swing in the same direction with the exception and this is the beautiful part about ETF investing is it's not just a long buy and hold bullish strategy necessarily that you have to follow for your entire portfolio there are ETFs that are inverse performing in other words they allow you to capitalize on market corrections Maybe even bear markets or markets that go down in value because these ETFs are designed to increase in value when that happens. And it was a good week for some of these ETFs, especially the ones that use leverage that go opposite financial markets. Now, if we look, take a look at this on an industry sector perspective, I, I like to help you understand what's going on underneath the hood. And if we take a look at the S&P 500, keep in mind you can dissect the S&P 500, cut it up like a a Chicago or New York pizza, whichever you prefer. Me being from Chicago, I probably would say I'd go with the Chicago style pizza, although I'm not against New York. I think it's probably healthier because there's less cheese and goo, and you probably can eat more too. But anyway, you can slice up the S&P 500 just like that, like a pizza, into 11 different industry groups or sectors, and if we take a look at the sector action from this past week, the ones that got hit the hardest are the ones with uh, some of the most aggressive names in them. You've got, for example, the communication services sector, which includes companies like Facebook or Meta or whatever they're calling themselves these days. I lost track. But XLC is the ticker of the ETF that tracks the communication services sector. That one was down on the week, 3.2 percent. And then right behind it, uh, you've got consumer discretionary sector XLY that includes companies like Amazon.com. That was down just a little over two percent. So those were the top two worst-performing industry sectors. And then you look at the, which ones were the best performers. The top two, you had the the dividend yield uh, focused. Uh, sectors, utilities, XLU, which was actually up almost 1%, and then XLRE, which was real estate, which was pretty much flat. So those are the two industry sectors that did the best. Now, getting back to which ETFs have have really weathered this storm, we talked about FLYT um, last week. If you missed last week's show, I encourage you to listen to it at iTunes, Spotify, or Google Podcast. Uh, We we archive every single show that we air. But on that show, we talked about two things. Number one, investing with an adequate cushion, or what I call an adequate margin of safety. This is the portion of your portfolio that's allocated to principal protection, zero volatility, and liquidity. Okay? So you invest a portion of your portfolio with an adequate cushion or margin of safety. This applies to all investors, big and small. I don't care if you've got a a $10,000 investment portfolio, or a $1,000 investment portfolio, or a $10 billion investment portfolio. Everybody invests or should invest with an adequate margin of safety. And those of us who are not investing with an adequate cushion or margin of safety, you're clinically insane. And I say that with all due respect. You are clinically insane to be investing without an adequate cushion. How many times throughout history have we seen people get absolutely destroyed for investing without an adequate cushion? I mean, if we're not going to be smart enough and intelligent enough to learn from history and to change the way that we think about our investments and having an adequate cushion at all times, not just good times, at all times, period. And those of you saying, well, that puts a drag on my portfolio performance. Well, not when things are, well, not when the sky is falling, then come see me, right? And then you're in retirement and you're also depleting your capital because you're taking income. That's a great way. And by great, I mean, ugly way to run out of capital and to exhaust your retirement assets uh, while you're, you know, in, in the midst of retirement, that's a, that's a risk that none of us wants to face running out of capital in retirement, right? Then you're too old and too tired or too sick to work. You can't do anything about it. Very, very risky situation to be in can totally be avoided and should be avoided at all costs. You do that by having a very a smart strategy of an adequate cushion, right? Margin of safety. So, Anyway, um, listen to last week's program if you missed it. I also have uh, a margin of safety worksheet. Um, If you go to ETFguide.com, hit the link that says books. I've got an investor toolkit, and it's a five-pack. It includes uh, five downloadable PDFs. It's got uh, 27 model ETF portfolios. It's got an investment policy statement template. It's got the cornerstones of a well-built portfolio. Anyway, there's another sheet in there called margin of safety worksheet that can help you calculate how much of your actual portfolio should be earmarked for um, safety. So those of you wondering, well, how much should I be allocating? Should it be 10%? Should it be 40%, 50%? What should it be? Well, that worksheet will take you through that and help you figure it out for you do-it-yourselfers. Getting back to industry groups, we already told you that the two best performers during the sell-off, utilities and real estate, it's interesting to me that that three-prong approach in the Direction, FLYT ETF, and we talked about this one on last week's program, and I think it's a very good, well-designed ETF for these types of markets. It's called the Direction Flight Safety Strategy ETF. What a cool name, and it uses three assets in the portfolio. You want to know what those three assets are? Long-term U.S. Treasury bonds, utilities, and gold bullion. There you go. So you got a three-in-one, and the ticker symbol again is FLYT, and what do you know? That that top sector I told you was utilities. Well, that's a top holding in FLYT, and so is long-term U.S. Treasuries, which had a great week. So FLYT, uh, let's see, over the past uh, seven trading days, it's been up just over three percent. TMF, which aims for long-term, three um, x long-term exposure. That's leveraged exposure to long-term U.S. Treasuries. Again, that's three x or triple daily leverage. That ETF has skyrocketed almost 22% over the past seven trading sessions, TMF. Put that one on your radar. And then SPDN, Sam, Paul, David, Nancy, is ahead by just over 3% over the past seven trading days. That ETF, SPDN, is a 1x inverse ETF to S&P 500, so it aims for the exact opposite of the S&P 500, 100% um, inverse correlation. There is no leverage with that particular ETF. One other one that, uh, if you want to focus on the, the, um, one of the worst, uh, areas of, of the market, those high, higher risk tech stocks, uh, TECS is one to watch. That one gained almost 6%, and that is an inverse performing ETF to technology stocks. It uses 3x uh, bearish exposure, TECS. So that's uh, that's a couple of ETFs to put on your radar. When we come back, we got a lot more to cover on today's show. So stick with us if you'd like to join us. 800 516 1220 We're here.
1: Do you have an investing or retirement plan question? Tweet the program right now or follow us on Twitter at
0: Index Show. Do you have 10 years or less to go before retiring? Do you have minimal retirement savings? Have you ignored saving for retirement because of financial setbacks or other obligations? Do you feel like your hopes of having a comfortable retirement are doomed? If you answered yes to any of these questions, you need a retirement rescue plan. And Ron DeLegge's online class is the answer. Go to indexshow.com and click on the enroll button to get started. Ron's Retirement Rescue Plan will teach you how to salvage your retirement by accelerating growth, cutting financial risk, and maximizing your savings. Go to indexshow.com and click on the Enroll button to get started. At some point, everyone will reach the age when they must retire. But living a stress-free retirement won't happen by accident. Take Ron DeLegge's online class titled A Rescue Plan for Retirement Late Savers. Get started today. Go to indexshow.com and click on the enroll button.
1: You're listening to the Index Investing Show with Ron DeLegge.
0: Subscribe to our
1: podcast at iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Be sure to leave a review.
2: So just by way of reminder, you can catch my weekly YouTube series called ETF Battles. Uh, just go to YouTube. Put in ETF Battles. You'll see it pop up. Our latest battle is a audience-requested small-cap value ETF contest. So don't miss it. AVUV versus VBR versus SLYV. That is uh, American Century versus Vanguard versus State Street Global. So that's a triple header. This, again, was an audience-requested small-cap value battle and uh, check it out at YouTube. Again, just uh, hashtag ETF Battles. Interesting to me about small cap value, that was the one area of the market that did very well after the dot-com implosion in the early 2000s. That particular area did quite well. So a lot of people have been looking at small cap value asking, well, could history repeat itself? We see or start to see small cap value stocks outperform. Anyway, you'll want to check out that particular battle. And I've also got many others. We just did one of Arc K versus GTEC. That was a, a, a matchup request. GTEC is a newer ETF from Goldman Sachs with a similar thematic approach to investing and uh, lots of good matchup requests. Also, if you have a specific ETF battle you'd like to see Again, just hit us up on our comment section at YouTube, ETF Battles. eight hundred five one six twelve twenty 1220 is the number. We're here if you'd like to join us and talk about anything on your mind. How, how has your portfolio been faring during this year-end year, on, year end fire sale in the stock market? It's begun with uh, these high, ca- high growth, higher risk, more volatile types of stocks. The SPACs have gotten creamed, most of them. A few of them are still up big, but uh, a lot of these companies have really come down in price significantly. Um, I guess the thing, one of the other things I'm watching is, will we see a, a much broader, more um, deeper sustained sell-off in in the overall stock market, so the broader stock market? So We've seen, for example, these pockets of the market that have gotten hit. and um, But as far as the rest of the market, it's actually held up pretty good. Like I said earlier, since the start of the year, total U.S. stock market is still up over 20%. So we haven't lost our gains for the year, although it sort of feels like we have. I mean, when you've got the total market that was up, you know, almost 40%, in uh, mid October, and now we're up only half that amount. It feels like uh, you know that's a that's a that's a kick for sure. It's a punch in the gut. But nevertheless, uh, let's not be greedy pigs. Twenty percent gain is pretty good uh, for 2021, given uh, all of the um, craziness that that we're seeing um, in the global economy, and you know the on and off uh, travel restrictions and all that other stuff. So. So let's not kid ourselves. It's been a good year uh, for stocks, although it is ending a little bit on a, a bitter note here. But my, my point is, is that um, what will this pretend for some of these higher growth uh, areas, the market areas that have gotten hit? You know, if the broader market sells off even more, you could see these, these same areas that have gotten hit already go down even more. So um, that's just something to keep an eye on. And that usually happens. Markets overreact. And so if you got the broad market indexes, you know, that go down, you know, let's say five or 10%, you can see some of the individual stocks within these high beta, highly aggressive growth areas, you know, go down, you know, double, triple, or even more. Um, So that's just something to keep in mind. 800-516-1220 Eight hundred five one six twelve twenty is the number. We're here if you'd like to join us. If you missed last week's program, be sure to catch it. We talked about margin of safety, um, what it is, and why it's important to invest with that. I also mentioned that in my book, Habits of the Investing Greats, which is available at Amazon.com. I encourage you to pick up a copy. You know, one of the chapters we talk about is defense. That's that's a good habit that we should all be calculating. Or, or, um, not calculating, but uh, executing. That's the word I was looking for. So we should be executing a defensive approach to our investments. And, and when you think about it, it makes total sense. With our physical assets, presumably we're defensive, not all the time, but we should be most of the time. For example, with uh, if we own an automobile, we have insurance, right? If we own a home, we have insurance. Uh, Presumably, we have some sort of health insurance, right, to protect against an unknown event. We might even have some life insurance to protect against, uh, you know, again, a completely unknown risk that may arise. And so, if we're gonna insure valuable things like our lives, our health, our physical assets that we may own, why not our portfolio, right? Our, our financial assets. And so that's, again, getting back to being defensive. This is one of the fundamental things and mistakes a lot of investors miss. And so again, uh, tune into last week's program if, if you did not get a chance to uh, listen to that. Um, it was Wise King Solomon who who uh, warned and, and and lectured us about the benefits of, of protection he said i think it was in proverbs the shrewd one sees danger and conceals himself but the inexperienced one keeps going on right right along to suffer the consequences so we want to be shrewd we want to be wise uh, with with our assets now getting back to tax loss harvesting and i think in the final segment of today's program we'll get deeper into this but I just want to kind of set the table and mention that this is a really fresh approach for dealing with unprofitable trades. And at one point, we will all have unprofitable trades from top to bottom. Uh, investing legends or not will have unprofitable trades, trades that just don't work out, investments that blow up. And so tax law harvesting allows investors it allows you to deal with these these investment stinkers um, and, and basically clean up your portfolio, take full advantage of the current tax rules, and uh, you know start start anew. Now it's important for you to understand that tax loss harvesting deals with the taxable portion of your investment portfolio. So it does not apply to those other two buckets that we've talked about so many times on the show does not apply to your tax-deferred bucket or your tax-free bucket, right? It just applies to the taxable bucket, and this is the framework of organizing your money from a tax perspective that you should be using. There's only three places your money can be kept, no matter how much you have or how little you have, there's only three places from a tax perspective. You've got your taxable bucket, tax-deferred bucket, and tax-free. Simple. And each one of these buckets has a a mathematically ideal balance. And so um, what that means then is that the tax positioning of your overall portfolio, that is the most important thing. That is the priority of all investors. Getting the, the mathematically ideal balance correct. A lot of investors have way too much in their taxable bucket, way too much in their tax-deferred bucket, and not nearly enough in the tax-free bucket. So, I want you to understand that that's the big picture, having correct uh, amount from a tax positioning perspective in those three buckets. Now, the secondary thing that you can do is tax loss harvesting, which is much less important, but nevertheless, it does have a valuable place, and that's what we're going to talk about on today's show, um, and just keep in mind, again, as we talk about tax loss harvesting, it is much smaller in scale and scope relative to tax, taxable um, uh, correct tax positioning for your overall portfolio. So that's very important that you understand that. Tax positioning that is proper takes priority. When we come back, we'll talk more about this tax loss harvesting thing. I'm Ron DeLegge. This is the Index Investing Show.
1: You're listening to the Index Investing Show with Ronda DeLegge. Subscribe to our podcast at iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Be sure to leave a review.
2: I forgot to mention a couple of other areas that I know of are of high interest within financial markets. Let's talk about Bitcoin and gold and also the triple Qs, which uh, is linked to the NASDAQ 100. So you've got, uh, over the past seven trading days, you had uh, gold pretty much flat. It was down almost a half a percent. GLD uh, is the uh, ETF tracking that area, while the triple Qs were down 3.6%. So gold was flat. The Bitcoin ETF, BITO, which was recently launched, down eight, almost eight and a half percent. So it performed even worse than gold. It performed worse than the triple Q's. And gold miners, um, it was interesting to me, you had gold was pretty much flat, but gold miners got clobbered. And uh, that was a good thing for the Direction Daily Gold Miners Bear 2X ETF. Uh, the ticker symbol on that one is DUST, DUST. And uh, that ETF skyrocketed 11.8% in seven trading days. So that was pretty tremendous. Um, what a move from gold miners. I mean, gold was flat, and uh, they they got crushed. Uh, they fell uh, about five percent or so in value. So pretty amazing moves happening in financial markets. Got to be ready. Got to have those ticker symbol uh, ticker symbols handy and ready and uh, we, we always try to keep you on top of that so that um, you can use these opportunities in the market opportunistically to your advantage and uh, make the most of it 800-516-1220 is the number we're here if you'd like to join us uh, just by way of reminder if you'd like me to analyze and grade your investment portfolio Uh, get in touch with me. I'll take a look at the entire portfolio and tell you exactly how you're doing. Do you pass or fail? What type of letter grade does your portfolio get? A, B, C, D, or F? And how does your portfolio do specifically in key categories like cost, risk, diversification, taxes, performance, organization, and of course, behavior? That refers to you. Is your behavior uh, diminishing your opportunity, or, or or diminishing your your profit profitability, is there something that maybe you're doing that you don't see, that is undermining your performance? Now it's hard to judge yourself, right? We have a very, we tend to have a very rose-colored glasses look when we look at ourselves. Uh, we we tend to be a little bit easy on ourselves. It's really hard to judge yourself. Um, especially when it comes to your investment. So that's why I developed and invented the Portfolio Report Card. Built the grading engine, and uh, if you'd like to take advantage of that, good time to do it right now. As we end the year, let's see exactly how you're doing. If your portfolio I would say, this this would be a red alert. If your investment portfolio is underperforming uh, the broader markets, I would say that's something that... um, that we should probably look at. Why is it underperforming? What is the cause of that? And will it will it pretend trouble ahead? So these are things that we need to get to the bottom of. Go to PortfolioReportCard.com and uh, get in touch with me. Also, not a single year should pass when you're not shifting money into the tax-free zone. So as 2021 comes to an end, if you have not shifted money out of your taxable bucket or your tax-deferred bucket into the tax-free bucket, why? Why haven't you done that? What's the matter with you? Will you snap out of it? Everybody should be doing this, period. And it's it's what I strongly believe. It will save you um, taxes later on when they skyrocket, and U.S. tax rates will skyrocket. Make no mistake about it. This overspending that the government is is having, uh, this bout that continues, there will be a reckoning day, and um, you want to be ready for that. The way that you prepare financially, obviously, you know, you can look at it from a tactical perspective uh, as how you allocate your assets, but (laughs) let's let's not kid ourselves. Let's look at this from a tax perspective. You should be allocating your assets tax-wise in a smart way. And getting them into the tax-free zone. And uh, that includes things like Roth IRA, Roth conversions, as well as uh, Roth 401k contributions. And there are other vehicles for high income earners that are tax-free that you should be taking advantage of. And so uh, again, that's also a fundamental part of uh, what you should be doing in terms of your portfolio's tax positioning and getting the mathematically ideal balance. Now, getting back to making the most of tax loss harvesting you know etfs really make this easy because there's something called the wash sale rule and one of the conundrums facing investors and in when you sell a losing investment is watching it go up right after you've sold it i mean how frustrating is that and current tax rules prohibit investors who sell a stock or etf or another investment for a loss you are prohibited from repurchasing that same investment or something identical within a 30-day period. If this rule is violated, the original trade is deemed a wash sale and the tax loss cannot be counted for tax purposes. Well, ETFs help you to legally skirt this rule and avoid running afoul of the wash sale rule because you can own assets that aren't identical, are not identical, but similar. And so you can avoid this uh, this problem. Also keep in mind, the IRS allows a tax deduction on capital losses up to $3,000 per calendar year for individuals and married couples filing jointly. It's $1,500. That's the cap for capital losses for married individuals filing separately. So let's take a, a, a couple examples real quick here. High growth funds. Uh, it's no secret that these thematic types of funds. We talked about the ARK Innovation ETF, ARK-K, as well as the ARK Genomic Revolution ETF, ARK-G. They've been absolutely clobbered in 2021. Uh, Both funds have lost uh, over 20% and and 35% um, year-to-date, respectively. And investors that chased that hot performance in 2020, well, they're likely sitting on some losses. So similar ETFs, but with an indexing approach that could be a good solution for replacing losing trades on K and G, the Direction Moonshot Innovators ETF, ticker symbol MOON, M-O-O-N, and it follows a similar thematic approach as RK, but with a slightly better uh, performance for 2021, plus MOON charges a slightly lower expense ratio versus RK, and that saves you a lot of money in your pocket, especially as a long-term investor. So that would be a good, I would say, candidate for a replacement for those loss, tax loss, uh, loss candidates. You got RK, RG, and then you can swap those out. Those replacement candidates, again, would be Moon, M-O-O-N. And uh, there's also a newer ETF from one of uh, our judges, who's actually the index provider, It doesn't really have much of a performance history, but I'm watching it. MVPS, it's a multi-theme ETF, so um, it's kind of an interesting fund that uh, needs some time to cook in terms of performance, but that's another one that could be used as a replacement candidate for some of those thematic high growth funds or stocks that have not done well. Uh, By the way, this can also apply to stocks. So if you've got an individual high growth stock that's been clobbered, you can also look at using that, uh, selling that, uh, if you sell that position, replacing it with a ETF that invests in a similar area. So uh, that's an example. And then uh, the Chinese market is another example of an area that's been uh, slaughtered. K-Web been crushed over 40 percent, so take a look at EMQQ, which uh, offers little bit broader diversification and uh, could be a good solution of uh, alternative solution for those of you sitting on big losses in Chinese stocks, EMQQ. Well, that does it for today's program. I uh, hope you enjoyed the show. We'll catch up with you again next week. We'll be here. Thanks for listening to the Index Investing Show.
1: Thank you for listening to the Index Investing Show with Ron DeLegge connect with us on the web at indexshow.com and be sure to subscribe to our podcast at itunes spotify or google play expressed in this broadcast are not necessarily that of our advertisers, sponsors, or broadcast partners. The discussion of investing is general and should not be construed as investment advice or an offer to buy or sell securities. Listeners are responsible for their own investment decisions and results. Before investing in mutual funds or ETFs, always consult a prospectus for risk, charges, expenses, and other information. Read the prospectus carefully before investing. Past performance is not indicative of future results. No reproduction or dissemination of the index investing shows permitted without the expressed written consent of its producers.